And yep, yep. every time I walked by to go to the bathroom or whatever, this dude would just be like, Hey man, what's going on? Whatever. <laughs> and I'd just be like, Oh, Hey bud. <laughs> it wasn't until we were at the show that I finally figured it out. You figured out it was him. Yeah. My wife thinks Chuck is cool and funny because of that one thing. <laughs> because of that and one I keep thing. telling her no he blows like he's a, <laughs> he's a shitty person but she's always like no that's the funniest thing I've ever seen person indeed indeed. yeah interesting like when you say it like you say oh that's interesting it means that you hate it and (laughs) (laughs) that's just your interpretation of it eric of chuck or just the term interesting the term interesting (laughs) yeah right what i say the same way about chuck (laughs) yeah yeah exactly everyone feels the same way about chuck he definitely is horrible isn't he Mm, the worst the worst, the absolute worst. Oh, uh, anyway. Greetings, citizens of Earth. <laughs> Welcome to the Accelerator Thrust podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Eric. And today we're going to be talking about records and wow. heavy metal singers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh stuff like that. It's it's all gonna be great. But before we talk about any of it, mm-hmm. we have to talk about. Um, the fact that we are on Spotify mm-hmm. and Transistor and Content Made Right and Google and Amazon and YouTube, mm-hmm. all to listen to. And uh, also, uh, you can always contact us mm-hmm. on our Facebook <laughs> or Instagram. Just type Accelerative Thrust in the search engine and I'm sure you'll find us. Mm-hmm. Both pages, in fact, will come up. I'm sure if not both pages, then I bet some place where you can listen to our podcast, mm-hmm. which it would be kind of weird if that is the first time that you find it, because then the whole thing about trying to look for us to comment or mm-hmm. contact us, it just, it wouldn't even make yeah. any sense because right. you've never heard us anyway. Right. If you're hearing this podcast now, go ahead and Google us to find out how you can hear this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never heard this before um or now even if you haven't heard it now but yeah if you're uh in a local band and you would like us to review your stuff or interview us or interview you i mean (laughs) i don't know you can interview us i mean you you can interview us that might be interesting if one of our guests just interviewed us um we share enough of our lives on this show that's true. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to hear any more people. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you guys. don't know us by now, then I guess you never will. You, I guess you never will. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, feel free to comment, message us, let us know how we're doing or what we're doing wrong, what we're doing right. Um, mm-hmm. or just great. say hi, you know. Send one of those emojis. I like those every now and then. Yeah, I like emojis. I've noticed that we're both like pretty big fans in our texts of the thumbs up emoji. I use a lot of, um, uh, I don't know how to say it, uh, buffering text mm-hmm. talk, like a lot of exclamation points, a lot of whelps, you know, yeah. a lot of, and a lot of emojis. I don't want anyone to misconstrue the things I'm saying. So I would never say like, oh, cool. See you there. I mean, yeah, that would be insane. I'd have to say sweet exclamation All right point. see you right. there double exclamation point thumbs up because <laughs> then people know i'm truly stoked right know? yeah so i mean i don't know you, you took the time to so- uh, seek out an emoji yeah uh, nobody does that when they're not excited yeah yeah about something and if i'm really excited i'll use the eggplant hey did you know that sting considers himself a heavy metal singer <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm serious. It's in the news. Wow. Um, he said, okay. I'm a heavy metal singer, but I have more, a little more melody. Sting has one of those recognizable upper register voices in rock music, but no one has ever called him a heavy metal singer. It just so happens that the former police frontman has dubbed himself as such. 
So I have something to say about this, actually. Okay. It's funny that he's, uh, it's funny that he um, says that uh, because I was actually listening to um, Brave New World by Iron Maiden recently. Mm -hmm. And dude, there were a few times where he hit these registers in his vocals that I was like, wow, this almost sounds like Sting. Hmm. So the real question is, is Sting maybe really a heavy metal singer that is in disguise playing in a heavy metal band? Well, here's the thing, though. It's like, you can't just be a thing without being the thing. You know? I mean, he could say, I could be a heavy metal singer. He can say, I am as good as any other heavy metal singer. All that might be true, whatever. But he is not a heavy metal singer. He's not in a heavy metal band. He doesn't sing heavy metal. So I don't even understand how you can say that. You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't either. And you know what? This is another part. This this part pisses me off right here, actually. He says, mm. to get above the noise of the band, you need that register. You can't be a baritone in a rock band. Mm. What? Mm. Has this guy even heard Glenn Danzig? Wow. Yeah, isn't that like, kind? Of, okay, you know what? I discredit anything that Sting has said from this point. <laughs> So not only does he consider himself a heavy metal singer, even though he doesn't sing heavy metal, mm -hmm. he also thinks that he knows what makes a good heavy metal singer or what makes one shitty. Yeah. Like it's up to him. Who gives a shit what Sting yeah, has to say? That's oh very God. true. I mean, who cares? A message, message in a bottle is <laughs> so heavy. Let me tell you. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty man might as well be walking on the moon that guy yeah yeah he might as well be walking on the moon yep and not he's, standing he's not so the king of pain he's the king of bullshit and i'd rather him not stand so close to me yeah man get away sting Ew. man i uh, hate it when older people tell people what's good and bad and that they can do this and that it's like Sting, if you haven't had enough success in your life, if you haven't done enough that you still think you're relevant and have to shit all over everything else, like, just go away. Oh, my God. Wow, that got you really fired up. <laughs> I'm just sick of listening to these old-ass men talking about shit, having opinions on everything that happens. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. It is really like, like... Just get over it. Yeah. Learn golf or something. You're not relevant. <laughs> No one gives a shit about you I mean, or your music. It doesn't matter. I mean, even I mean, even Alice Cooper has the decency to be a professional golfer in his off time. <laughs> so you know, it's like, come on, man. And uh, the dude is the freaking, you know, he he invented practically invented shock rock, you know? Yeah. Or whatever yeah. you want to call it. But you know, one well, thing see, if you know what you're talking about, that's fine. If Alice Cooper said, you know. Ghost Mane's makeup is stupid. I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah, Alice Cooper knows shit. That's cool. He yeah. kind of <laughs> helped invent horror music. I, that's he can talk about that. You know, you know, it'd be really funny if Alice Cooper was like, you know, I'm actually a horrorcore rapper. If you think about it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what it would be like. Except it does make more sense for Alice Cooper to think he's a horrorcore rapper than Sting to think he's a heavy being metal. a heavy metal. That's true. That's true. He and oh my god, yeah, I've never Alice... been so mad at Sting in my life. Yeah, I know. It's like you never thought you would care enough. Nope, I didn't. I mean, honestly, I mean, uh, I like I like some police songs, but. This is ridiculous. I used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, Until right that's now. All changed now. I'm over it. I am over Sting. I wonder how Sting would feel about people who drive motorized coolers without licenses. Hell, he probably is a professional one. Yeah, I mean. He doesn't he own one, but he, he's, probably, he's the best one that ever existed. So. Uh, okay, I'll in, uh, in Australia, <laughs> the Swan Hill Police. They said officers stopped a 25-year-old man who was spotted driving a motorized cooler on a sidewalk. Mm -hmm. So a photo posted to the Facebook shows this blue cooler, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's clearly just something that somebody made. But yeah, he actually had to have a license to drive this thing on the sidewalk. Hmm. It, it, all it is is like there's like a motor 
mm-hmm. in the back of a scooter and then his seat is a cooler. Yeah, I've seen I've seen those at the uh at the tailgates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't realize you had that. I mean, they were that. Do they really even issue licenses for that? I mean, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I need a motorized cooler license. I mean, I don't know. That seems odd. Sting. Also, did you what, know that Sting is, is really a heavy yeah. metal singer? <laughs> did you know yeah. that he's also on the Swan Hill Police? Yeah. <laughs> Sting, Sting says he's a real police officer because he was in a band called The Police. Do you uh <laughs> do you you sing baritone? Yeah. Uh, if you do, then you can't be a heavy metal singer. Nope. Nope. <laughs> can't sing rock and roll with baritone voice. Iggy Pop? Come on, man. I mean, Iggy Pop, obviously the Stooges are not metal, but they're heavier than anything. Well, type Sting is goddamn O negative is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Typo goddamn negative. Ooh, I like that name change. Typo goddamn negative. <laughs> you know, you throw goddamn into anything. Yeah. It makes it sound better. Like, for example, this overdue goddamn book returned to the goddamn Idaho goddamn library after 110 goddamn years. A Boise, Idaho library. Oh, Boise's the hometown of uh, Built to Spill. Oh, I wonder if they had something to do with this. Um, so an Idaho library is hailing, they're hailing the return of an overdue book that was checked out from the library 110 years ago on oh, no. November 8th, 1911. Oof. Wow. What was the book? It doesn't say what it was. All it says is that uh, officials said the book was returned anonymously and wow. the library does not have records of the library's checkout history. So the whereabouts for the past 110 years are likely to remain a mystery. That's weird. Hmm. Maybe I bet it was The Stand by Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. It, that took Stephen, me 100 years to read. <laughs> I mean, Stephen King has to be involved in it somehow, right? Yeah. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. Stephen King, Sting, Sting King. Kevin Kevin Sting. Kevin Sting. I, they Sting. really didn't say what the book was? No, yeah, it doesn't mention anything in this article that I, yeah, so I don't know what it is. I wonder if it was like, wouldn't it be great if it was like history for dummies or something? <laughs> yeah. Like, the history of the Boise, Idaho library. Boy, yeah, it's like this talking about, wouldn't it be funny if it was like a, uh, <laughs> something about the music scene 110 years ago in Boise, oh, Idaho. Yeah. 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 yeah all the hipsters hipsters from it would be the same exact articles they'd be yeah. like some fool with uh round wireframe glasses showed up and played a banjo yeah <laughs> whoa <laughs> and here's uh mr bond billy playing at a coffee shop <laughs> some coffee shop in downtown boise <laughs> yeah nothing's changed nothing's changed at especially all especially the facial hair yeah yes the facial hair is definitely there for sure for mm. sure well, dude, you know what we should talk about now? What's that? Music. Okay, I got to get in the right mindset. That sting thing really, it really threw me off my game. Well, I didn't figure out what you were referencing when you were talking about an eggplant. So <laughs> really, we're both off our game right now, Eric. Yeah, I was talking about tantric eggplanting. <laughs> like Sorry. the heavy metal band tantric? No, sting is into tantric sex. Okay. So that was really what you were talking about was the eggplant and the police. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I was Next. talking about the time I showed the police my eggplant. Okay. And I and and I got thrown in jail. <laughs> um yeah. So records. Um, I'll start. I Picked a record called Soul Glow, which is a reference to, I think, Coming to America, if I'm yes. not wrong. Yeah, yeah the I, that's immediately, yeah. immediately, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's kind of like a um, hair product, Soul Glow. Um, this record is called The N Word In Me Is Me, came out in 2019. Um, it's hard to categorize this. Uh, I loved it though like really was blown away by it and um listened to it a number of times and was 
I, it's, it's rare for me to find something this sort of like instant that I love it. I didn't even have to think about it from the first note. I was like, yes, I've been waiting for this sound. So, um, it is really aggressive, uh, like really, really aggressive. Um, I think it comes through the music completely. I don't think it's lost in translation at all. This is really aggressive, energetic, and pretty eclectic overall. For the most part, I would say that it, to me, it sounded like pretty straight sort of D beat, uh, discharge kind of hardcore, maybe a little bit like, a MDC millions of dead cops, uh, as far as the vocal delivery and things like that. But yeah, really, uh, kind of classic, uh, D beat hardcore sound, but then also some electronic stuff, even some hip hop at moments. And so really it ended up basically sounding like a cross between Saul Williams and, um, and discharge. I think that Saul Williams has a song called, um, Telegraph, uh, that really kind of, which samples a, a bad brain song. And so that song reminded me a lot of what I heard on this, but yeah, uh, hip hop noise, post hardcore, really aggressive, like screaming. The vocal delivery is just killer. The playing is killer too. The production, I just really love the entire attitude of the whole thing. Uh, everything about it from start to finish was a super enjoyable record for me to listen to. Yeah, I don't have a ton to say about it just because I liked everything about it from beginning to end. So it's like the more you like something, sometimes the harder it is to keep going into what makes it super good because it's just sort of the complete package. If you want interesting aggressive hardcore that also has some melody and also moves and kind of gets you pumped up and into it then i think this soul glow record is pretty sweet what do you think dan man i gotta say this is probably one of my favorite records that you've ever picked eric on this podcast i listened to this so many times yeah um it's not what i expected mm -hmm. um it, like you said, really abrasive, like almost like blood curdling yeah. in its presentation. It's insane. Um, yeah, I definitely hear the MDC comparisons, mm -hmm. uh, but I also hear a lot of bad brains mm -hmm. going on For sure. like a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, but then there are times when it starts to incorporate like electronics. And in a similar way, but way different than the turnstile record yeah. uh, that I picked last week, where uh, the electronic parts are usually very short and almost sound sporadic throughout. Uh, but like, I mean, it, get, it almost just pushes on the edge of like digital hardcore, like mm -hmm. yeah, Atari totally. Teenage Riot. Mm -hmm. And then there's like some trap beats that kind of get thrown in <laughs> like mm -hmm. these like weird sort of trap beats and even some rapping where I think the guy who was rapping reminded me <clears throat> the register he was rapping in reminded me of like a cross between Earl sweatshirt mm -hmm. and um, MC ride from death grips. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, definitely. And then also I, you know, I hear a lot of, maybe like public enemy influence, hmm. even some of it gets as like, just like out there as like the locust or something like, yeah. Mm -hmm. When it kind of mixes, like it almost becomes like grindcore mm -hmm. in its execution at times. Uh, I think the guitar playing is beautiful. It's mm -hmm. some of the most like just abrasive it's, it's this, really piercing guitar tone that just doesn't really like it doesn't uh let up at all it doesn't give you a break mm -hmm. i mean i don't think i've ever really heard a more angry yet very justified aggression on a record right just extremely well put together like mm -hmm. it's not in any way like a revivalist mm -hmm. hardcore record at all it's a very forward thinking Mm -hmm. um and that's what i love about it just yeah excellent and i also love awesome. the fact that they uh they named the band 
after a product on coming to America. Cause I gotta, I gotta tell you that I love coming to America. That's yeah. <laughs> such a funny movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you, you compared it to turnstile because I never even thought about it that if you listened to the reviews and the descriptions of those two records, they might sound really like we're talking about similar music. Right. Absolutely yeah. not. No, like, not at all. It's like the post hardcore element of it that I mentioned is a way different kind of post hardcore. <laughs> when you mentioned turnstile, I was like, Oh shit, this probably sounds just like what we talked about with that. But no, it's completely. No, it's, different. it's way more, way more aggressive than mm -hmm. turnstile than the glow on album. But mm -hmm. you can tell that both bands are from the hardcore scene and are very interested in pushing the mm -hmm. genres forward in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Which is fantastic. Yeah, that excellent, excellent pick there, Eric. Sweet. Loved it. All right, so I'm not sure um, if many people can say the same thing about my pick necessarily, <laughs> um, but this is more of a curiosity than, uh, I mean, I do like this record actually quite a bit as what it is, which is a very very strange piece of pop culture history. So I'm going to kind of give a backstory on this for people who don't know who this person may be. Do you know who Farah Abraham is? I did. Uh, I did research because when I started this, I had to try to understand what was happening. So exactly. yeah, now I know who Farah Abraham is. Okay. So before. So I'm going to kind of just give a brief like sort of description of that for the people who may not know who this is, because I feel like she is somebody who was very well known in pop culture at a very specific period of time. And she's fallen off the radar pretty hard. She's not really, I guess, quote unquote, relevant in the tabloids anymore, but she was actually born in Omaha, but raised in Council Bluffs, Iowa interestingly enough. In mm -hmm. 2009, she was cast on MTV 16 and Pregnant. Later that year, uh, the spinoff series Teen Mom. Um, this album is called My Teenage Dream Ended, and it's under her name, Farrah Abraham. And it's um, also the title of book that she wrote that same year. Mm -hmm. um, now, I'm going to say this. The picture, or not the picture, the media... Uh, at least at the time that she was kind of in, kind of had, I guess, more of a celebrity status, tended to really paint her in a very negative light. Um, she has clearly, if you look at pictures of her then versus now, she had a lot of plastic surgery done. She was also in a sex tape with James Dean. And uh, I don't know, on the show, it seems like, her and her mom had a lot of um, narcissistic tendencies towards each other. Um, I have to admit that I did, I have actually kind of seen a little bit of like teen mom and 16 and pregnant enough to know um, and remember who Farrah Abraham is because of pretty much all of the people who were on that show, even if you never watched that show, it was really easy to know who she was at that time because she just couldn't keep away from the news. Um, but I mean, really, at the end of the day, all of the celebrity stuff is pretty neither here nor there. It really doesn't matter. But that was just more to kind of give a background, to kind of give some sort of like reference point to why this record is so kind of just strange and really out of nowhere. So it came out in 2012 and is eerily almost prophetically it's it's creepy how ahead of its time it kind of was it's really bizarre and off and i mean it's honestly like a train wreck um so the backstory of the album is interesting as well again i kind of almost feel like with this record the story of why this exists is maybe even more interesting than the record itself which i do find the record itself interesting as well so the whole thing was inspired by the song Cinema by Benny Benassi. Um, are you familiar with that song at all, Eric? No. Uh -uh. I'm, I'm not either. But 
she apparently recorded the songs to a click track on her iPhone, having never heard the music. Mm-hmm. And then the production was handled by a producer by the name of Frederick M. Cuevas. I'm, I could be pronouncing that wrong, but uh, he goes by F-R-D-R-K, all capitalized. Um, and so, yeah, if I'm reading what I'm, the information correctly, she recorded these vocals on an iPhone before she even heard the music. And then I guess it was recorded on GarageBand, which is a very interesting and very left field approach considering number one, the history of celebrity celebrities turned like pop singer approach albums. Like, you know, usually uh, they really try to train themselves in like a studio or something. It sort of just seemed like she wasn't interested in that. Maybe, Um, you know, I'm not really sure, but it definitely sounds like it was kind of recorded spontaneously like that. But I, what's really weird about it is maybe because of its inconsistencies and weirdness, it almost became like a stepping stone. I could almost hear this as like a stepping stone for hyper pop, mm-hmm. such as a hundred Gex and artists like that. And in fact, the vocal approach of being like really sort of off kilter and insanely pitch shifted and all this stuff. And, and, you know, clearly not really caring how you sound. I mean, maybe, maybe that's not true. Maybe she did kind of, care or you know i'm not suggesting that 100 gex you don't have any musical talent but it's it's mm-hmm. really off kilter vocals and um there's so much auto tune and like i don't know maybe reverb drenched on the vocals and it's so incredibly processed that it's ridiculous it just sounds so alien and non-human yet the thing that really interests me about it is the content because it sounds like this is going to sound really weird. And I never thought I would say anything associated with Farrah Abraham about this. It might be one of the most honest expressions Hmm. I've ever really heard in a weird sort of way. And, you know, make of it what you will, because it really does sound like she's kind of, she's examining her life through these lyrics in a weird sort of way at this, at that time. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's a lot of references to like, I know that her, um, the father of her child died and she does come off as it seems like she definitely comes off as privileged and whiny and stuff. At least that's what the cameras seem to kind of portray her as. And there's definitely a little bit of that, I think on this record as well, but the sound is really just interesting to me and it's really off kilter and it's very much like you said um you said you kind of had to figure out what's kind of going on that's sort of Mm -hmm. this album in a nutshell um i think uh you know it sounds like a combination of a hundred gex at times almost like crystal castles and lady tron and like skrillex but not it i don't know there's something really off about it but I do got to say that this is, Eric, this is the most important discovery of my life. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I shit you not. It's, and it probably shouldn't be, but I don't know. It, I feel like everyone should check this record out at least once in their lives. But I hear, mm-hmm. hereby officially announce that I am done listening to music from now on, Eric. Um, oh, okay. I think you're well, going to need to just uh, find a new co-host. This yeah. is it for me, dude. I, I get that. I really um so yeah. Uh what did you think, Eric? Mm. Was this the most important discovery of your life? Well, I didn't discover it. Um you picked it. I don't I don't well, want to get blamed for this. Well, yeah, but you did kind <laughs> of discover it after I told you about it. Oh, I, well, I wanna, why don't we go ahead and yeah. just say you discovered it instead of me? Well, that is, case, that's not true. I don't. Yeah, but I don't want to be known as the guy who discovered this little but white lie. Actually, though, uh, I th- <laughs> this has um, an underground following. 
uh, yes. a lot of people do listen to this. Um, over the holiday, I talked to my uh, nephew, Owen, and I said, hey, have you ever listened to this record? And he was like, oh, yeah, that's insane. And I was like, wow, cool. So it, it is known as, you know, sort of uh, this anomaly, this sort of strange record that exists. So I think that's cool um, because, yeah, otherwise I probably, I mean, I know I would have never heard this, Dan. Same here. I, Dude, I just discovered this a week ago because I was reading actually some blog or something about a, they were talking about outsider music and somebody talked about the disturbing record that Farrah Abraham put out. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then I thought to myself, when I saw the cover, my teenage dream ended, I immediately just dismissed it. Okay. This is, this uh, yeah. The bullshit. cover like, is yeah. amazing. It's extremely like, it's, it's it, terrifying. It's, it, it's, it's the worst. And it made me not be interested until somebody oh. compared it to witch house. And I was like, what? No way. And then I listened to it. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, so, tell me that we're not living in the matrix without. Well, another sci-fi movie that comes to mind. Um, I guess. Yeah. I'll just start my, um, my review of this. Sorry for, uh, sorry for not at all. Um, you've seen the fifth element, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. The song that the uh, blue lady sings. Oh my God. Um, it's like when you hear it, in the movie, you think, wow, this is what future music might sound like, but no one would ever listen to this because it's insane. That's how this feels to me. It is one of the strangest records I have ever heard in my life. It, I, I kind of feel like this is what future music will sound like. I The first time we, I put it on, I hated it. I mean, beyond hated it. I thought it was psychotic nonsense. I thought it was like, absolute bullshit and the thing about it is i didn't come away from it upon a second listen thinking differently but i think the result is different than what i originally thought i don't think the intent is different i think the intent is still someone who truly doesn't understand music on any level making a record that that's what i think and i think that the proof is kind of in the pudding whereas it's uh auto-tuned right but it's not auto-tuned to anything. Generally, auto-tune exists to put someone into the right key for the song. That's the whole point. But not with this. This is just auto-tuned to, to nothing. You can tell that it's uh, that it's not musical. But because of that, it becomes outsider. It's like this idea of outsider. It's like it it's hard when you know the person literally doesn't have any understanding of what they're doing and they just have a drive and a way of creating it somehow it's very difficult because i don't like it but when i put it on and especially when i put it on in headphones i was like this is kind of sick it might be super sweet or it might be just terrible i i don't know it really goes for it Whatever it is, it really goes for it. And I guess I appreciate that. But yeah, um, as far as the music itself, it, it's like uh, kind of like um, dubstep sort of with some sort of drippy kind of Zan rap elements to it. I mean, but again, this is 2012, so that's pretty forward thinking. Um, as far as the way the songs work, it did remind me a lot of 100 Gex, but it also reminded me of um, See Me Rollin' by Martin Rev from Suicide, if you ever listen to that record. But yes, very outsider and very strange. And so I think those two could be like sister albums. I think you could listen to, if you're into See Me Rollin', which I'm sure not a lot of people are, but if that's one of uh, the records you like in this world, you'll probably sort of dig this record. But I, I don't know. I'm at a loss. For the first time, I'm just, I literally don't know what to say about it. If I discovered this in like a bargain bin at Half Price Books or something and put it in my car, I would think that I had just discovered something quite amazing. Looking at the cover, imagining hearing it for the first time, 
I don't know. But yeah, having someone else say, hey, you should check this out makes it sort of a different experience. It's like, oh, well, this is now kind of ironic, you know? And so I don't know. I I I wish I had more to say about it, but I, I don't understand any element of this music. <laughs> I love the fact that I caught you off guard with one of my picks. Yeah, I, I have I, to mm. I have to admit, Eric. Um I never thought it would be possible. Um <laughs> however, I, I gotta I gotta to your point about her not understanding anything about music, which mm-hmm. is clearly the case. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she just didn't care. And that would make kind of a difference in my eyes. If she thought that she was actually making masterful songs with this, Mm -hmm. I, it would change my view on what I think is kind of interesting about this record, Mm -hmm. or at least kind of cool about this record, because if if she did this, if, if her thing was, okay, I'm just going to um, sort of like, they sounded like psychotic diary entries, the lyrics, basically. Yeah. If I'm going to just sort of like put myself out there a little bit through lyrics, I am just going to do it in this unconventional as hell way. Mm-hmm. and then the producer can just deal with the music. I don't really care how the music turns out. Sure. And I think ultimately that's probably what happened is the producer probably just heard her ramblings through her phone and was like, okay, I can make something very weird and interesting with this, but it, mm-hmm. that's what it's going to be. And then I would assume that she had the final approval of this since it was her name being yeah. used on it. You so think. I... I kind of think that one of the uh, cool things about it is the fact that we're hearing something from somebody who doesn't know shit about music or, or care about music, because you could say the same thing about, and I almost think that this is like an electronic version of Jan deck or something. Hmm. Like, have you ever heard Jan deck? No, I haven't. Um, Jan deck was a, this outsider musician that I think he released like 65 albums Wow, And maybe a total of like two and a half albums worth of those 65 albums are actually have anything good on it. Cause it's literally, it sounded like he would just pick up any instrument, not even bother to tune it Mm -hmm. and just make something out of it. And that's almost kind of what this is like. I, I would almost even say Daniel Johnston to a certain extent. I think Mm -hmm. the big difference that Daniel Johnston did actually have an understanding of melody. And right. even though his stuff sounded very out there, mm-hmm. I could almost see like uh, some of the stuff that um, Bruce Hack did with electronic music being mm-hmm. almost a precursor to something like this. But at the end of the day, I got to ask you two questions here, Eric. Okay. Do you actually see where I can honestly say this is kind of like the first hyper pop record? For sure. Okay. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, do you actually agree with me in any way whatsoever that it sounds like she's being pretty sincere, regardless of how crazy it sounds, maybe or yeah. just out there that she's I, being sincere with those I, lyrics? Yeah, totally. I think that, yeah, it's um, uncomfortably biographical. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's, it's, um, I mean, I don't want to say it's cringe because it's like honest, you right. know? And so, but it is like just really, really honest. Like, and it's, it's yeah. one of those things that I think it's, it was brave as hell for her to put a record out like this in 2012 amid all of, she already had a disadvantage. She was looked at as like, the next, like, I don't know, uh, Miley Cyrus or somebody, but doomed to fail because the press already hated her. She was already looked down negatively. And so of course everyone, including, and I might've heard back in 2012, she was doing a record and I'm sure my response was probably, I rolled my eyes. Oh, I'm never going to check that shit out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so she already had that disadvantage. And in 2012 for her to put something out like this, now, at the time, can you imagine the scrutiny that 
this probably was under in 2012. Yeah, but also deserved to be. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a regular I, ass person that works for like Time Magazine or something reviewing this album. Like, what else could they have said besides this is that? No, no, it's, it's very true. But at the same time, though, it little did that person working for Time Magazine know that this was actually pioneering in a oh, for sure. very yeah. weird sort of way. And also, mm-hmm. um, it still doesn't take away from the fact that it was brave because yeah, that's true. she could have just totally like went the Miley Cyrus. And, and I, that, that's not to take anything. Miley Cyrus is very talented. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just saying she could have gone the regular pop singer route and probably mm-hmm. failed even worse at that. You know what I mean? Cause now sure. what's happening is there's a bunch of underground blogs that are hailing this as a masterpiece and it she would have not been there would have been nothing no interest at all if it would have just sounded like avril lavigne or something you know right but well, again that's not it's not to sure. take away from that music because yeah like i said miley cyrus and avril lavigne and stuff like that is all very interesting but well yeah you never know it's like you know all those people that gave bad reviews and things like that. It, it reminds me of um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, actually. Yeah. Like, when it came out and like Roger Ebert said it was trash. A lot of people said it was garbage. It was poorly made, poorly filmed, just disgusting, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, it kind of went on to influence uh, pretty much everything in a certain genre that came after. So it's similar in that sense. It's like, did they set out to make a new kind of horror movie? I don't know, maybe, but chances are they just worked within the, the confines of what they had and with the limitations that they had, and they still wanted to tell their story. So, you know, kind of similar in my mind that, uh, yeah, I don't know. This might be what all future music sounds like though. It it might be. We should actually pioneer a hyper podcast. And we should just start just auto shift everything. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're pioneers. Don't you forget that. Don't you forget that. So the local pick comes from now. I was talking to Eric because I could be saying his name wrong, but what what did you say that you thought it was, Eric? Because I, I think would you were go more with right. like OBS. OBS. That's that's what I thought. Yeah, OBS. Yeah. Um so I think his name is Obs. If I'm saying that wrong, I apologize. Mm-hmm. So this is a record from Rock Island. Um, Obs calls himself a spoken word artist influenced by neo soul, lo-fi, and battle rap and hip-hop aesthetics from Rock Island. Uh, the name of this album is In It, Not Of It, or it's abbreviated I-I-N-O-I. Um, and uh, it's a really well done, I think, conscious rap record with a very great lyrical content. I actually want to get into more like local area rappers because I know they're out there. I'm just not familiar with them enough. And uh, I'd like to hear more. Um, and this record just confirmed that. Um there's some really cool interludes where he's apparently having conversations with people. There definitely is um, uh, some political content going on, but overall, it's just a really smooth sounding. The beats are just really, really well done and really well produced and a beast on the mic, as they say. I and mean, he's just um, a really great rapper. And it, it brings joy knowing that this exists in somewhere like rock island because i know there's rap music everywhere i just never hear about it and i would just love to hear more from it in the local sector if you will um to me it really sounds like a culmination of a lot of things i would definitely say that if you're a fan of old school conscious rap like diggable planets tribe called quest uh, De La Soul. I think you could definitely find some stuff here, but I also 
here a lot of like Kendrick Lamar in this, Mr. Liff, even Earl Sweatshirt, Joey Badass, Moe's Death, all kinds of things. Ultimately, though, OBS has his own really, really cool, fresh style. Um, some really great lyrics, like I said, there's this one line that he said on the track Gods, I loosen up hate because love is so tight. I just thought that that was really, really awesome. And I think it was very representative of what the um, what the record was going for, because I really got this aura of sort of self-discovery and positivity, or at least trying to look to the positive side and also making uh, some really intelligent commentary on uh, kind of what's going on uh, in, in culture. And it's just really... A really uh, a rewarding listen listen for me. I really really enjoyed it. And again, if you're a fan of all of that stuff, I think you could definitely find something in this. And it's just so awesome that rap this good exists within this community around here. Uh, what did you think, Eric? I enjoyed it a lot. I'm not as uh, well versed in hip hop as you, Dan, which we have covered a lot on here, um, but. You know, I'm listening to more and more all the time. So I, sure. I could tell that this was sort of a conscious, positive um, rap, like De La Soul and Native Tongue kind of things. And right. so I heard a lot of that. Uh, the production reflected that. A lot of jazzy samples reminded me of things like Diggable Planets, um, soulful samples. The interludes definitely um, kind of let you know what's happening in in the record like what what they're trying to say in the record um yeah the lyrics are solid uh the rapping is really great like you said um pretty much through and through i really liked all the guest mcs on there too um especially uh gabby i think was the rapper's name mm. um kind of reminded me of sort of like um I don't like Onyx almost like it had a real edge edgy sound to it or like uh grave diggers or something like that. And it, it's funny because straight from the get go, the first like interlude part of the record kind of talks about trying to be positive and trying to be above it and, and stay above it and stuff. And maybe this is just me. Uh, I have a, a way of, connecting things and making stories when they're not actually there or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, this record, it felt like there was a bit of a story arc through yeah. the record. And to me, it feels like someone basically trying to stay positive and stay centered and stay above it all, but constantly, uh, having outside stressors and societal stress and feelings of isolation and uh, being introverted and, and being afraid of being around people and all this stuff that we sort of felt, you know, in the past couple of years, especially with COVID and, and, and with a lot of the civil unrest and issues with the police and things like that. And to me, it definitely just feels very much like someone trying to hold on to this positivity. And as the record goes on, it starts to kind of crack a little bit, you know? And by the time we do get to the song uh, with Gabby on it that I was talking about, it's like the cracks are showing real hard in this uh, positive sort of, um, yeah, humor, you know? And so, and like I said, maybe I'm just making that up, but that's the way it, it moves. If you compare the first track to the last track, it's we're in a much different place. And so yeah. I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So Yeah, well, I mean, he there's also um, a track followed by an interlude, Cause We Black, and mm -hmm. then When You're a Black Kid. Yeah. And so it obviously touches on that mm -hmm. struggle. For sure. Um, and it's... I, I also have to mention because I forgot to actually even mention this because you mentioned the Gabby um, mm -hmm. guest spot, but mm -hmm. there were a couple of guests yeah. on this record that I was really into. Um, poor Bill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Poor on, Bill's and, awesome. Yeah. And I love, sick. I love 
the name of that track, Little Uzi Introvert. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. But then my favorite feature on this, because Gabby was sick. I'll mm -hmm. definitely give you that for sure. And so was John Fletch. Mm -hmm. But my favorite was actually the last track piece with mm -hmm. Deround Hero. The mm -hmm. round hero was sick, man. Yeah. I, I loved, he had this almost like, he almost reminded me of like a combination of pasta news from De La Soul and like old dirty bastard or something. Mm -hmm. Like there was something really, really colorful about that yeah. voice that he has. Yeah. And it, it added it totally. I see what you're saying where the record was kind of as it, it kind of got darker as it went on and like got even more like, okay, I'm really just boiling under right. pressure here. And then the yeah. last track is called peace. Mm -hmm. Well, no, that's actually not the last track. The last track introverted outro, right. but peace is like the mm -hmm. second to last track with the round hero. And mm -hmm. so you can definitely, yeah, it's definitely, it definitely does have that aura of, trying to make peace with yourself, but also being aware of your surroundings. I think, I yeah. think, I think you definitely hit it on the head with that one. Yeah. It, it made it a, a really enjoyable listen. Um, I listened to it twice. So yeah, it, I really enjoyed it. Good pick. Oh uh, yeah, no, it was fantastic. And I'm uh, like I said, man, I'm so glad to hear that hip hop around these areas. Cause you don't really hear much about it. And mm -hmm. I also like the fact that it, it seems to exist quite a bit in the DIY scene in the same way that like punk or hardcore or mm -hmm. right. electronic music around here exists. It, it kind of seems sure. like, cause I, I hear about these rappers oftentimes playing with indie bands or whatever mm -hmm. around this area. And, and I just think that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Listeners, if you know of any really good hip hop that we should listen to that we should, I don't know, I wouldn't, we don't even necessarily have to review it or whatever, but just any good hip hop, let us know, man, because I yeah. would love to hear more. For sure. Yeah. Good call. So, yeah. All right. Well, so speaking of local, that yeah. brings us to the local shows. Yeah. We have a few more than last week. Not, not a million billion or anything. So let's just get into the weekend. I think that's all we have really is weekend shows. So we have on Friday, December 3rd, um, at the Raccoon Motel, um, we're going to have Blood Incantation, Primitive Man, and Everlasting Light. Um, oh my gosh, that sounds like a monster of a show. I know. And y'all got some choices to make, unless... I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that is at the Raccoon Motel. Um, and that's brought to you by Wake Brewing and Ragged Records is presenting that. So that's going to be a killer show. But there's another killer show. Same exact night. Um, River City Collective presents at the Village Theater in Davenport. Modern Life is War. Desperate Acts. Closet Witch, Spectral Snake, which I will be playing with, not to sway your vote or anything, and <laughs> God War. So that's going to be a sick show as well. I do know the Modern Life show is probably getting on the verge of selling out. So I think it already is. Well, I I, I could be. I could be the minister of disinformation, I but I do think it is. I knew we were getting low on tickets. So mm -hmm. uh, check River City Collective, check the event on Facebook to see if it is sold out or not. So yeah, uh, Saturday, let's see what we got. We have at the Octopus in Cedar Falls, Tracy Von Crypt, Soul True, 404, and Phoenix Curse. I believe all those are sort of like heavy metal. Um, if not sort of like horror metal, I think Tracy it, Von Crypt is horror metal. So. Except Soul True. Soul True is like R&B. Oh, okay. So yep. kind of a mixed bag there, it sounds like. That'll be at the Octopus. At XBK Live, Ryan O'Ryan and the Bowling Green Revival uh, with Jordan Sellergren. And I really like what Jordan Sellergren does. So I will always mention when she is playing. So 
Um, that should be cool. And I'm going to tell you guys about something that I usually wouldn't, and that is a DJ set. But the reason I'm bringing it up is um, it's going to be Chris Wersema, who puts on the Feed Me Weird Things series of shows. He also used to be in Lawa. He's currently in Death Bag with Gabby Vanek. So I think that that would be really sick. It's going to be at Roz Talks. Um, I can pretty much guarantee you're not going to hear another DJ set like this probably ever. Chris listens to some really cool stuff and I'd be excited to see what, um, what he plays. So other than that though, that's everything I personally could come up with this weekend. So um, I don't know though, if you can't find something in there, I don't know. I mean, that's some good stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of really good choices. Um, One thing that I actually want to bring up um, and this is a, kind of an unfortunate note uh this actually just came to mind this kind of has to do with local music so i'm just i'm gonna go ahead and uh, say it Uh, i don't know if you heard eric um and i'm not sure what your history is with this band but um the lead singer of planes mistaken for stars jared donnell uh he passed away I believe the night before Thanksgiving. Were you familiar with Planes Mistaken for Stars? No, uh-uh, I wasn't. Okay. Um, so Planes Mistaken for Stars, for those of you who may not be familiar, were a band that actually originated in Peoria, Illinois. Hmm. And they actually played, I believe it was their second or third show ever in our hometown of Muscatine, Eric. Wow. This was in like 97. It was the first time that I can think of that outside bands from farther away than, I don't know, Davenport Mm -hmm. uh, had ever come to Muscatine. And it was uh, an old um, acquaintance of ours, uh, Fran Kadena, who used Mm -hmm. to front this band called PCU, actually got them and uh, a couple of other bands from the Peoria area. Cool. I unfortunately didn't actually make it to the show. However, I remember Brooks, who you're going to be playing with in Spectral Snake, mm-hmm. and a bunch of people that did go to the show say that they played music that they had never heard before. Wow. And it was, uh, and it was very, very forward-thinking music for like 1998. Mm-hmm. They had a very um, emo-ish sort of sound, but it was very rough and rugged, and his voice was just so, uh, I don't know, um, very, very like, growly like it was it it definitely they did not sound like any other band i saw this band several times Mm -hmm. um throughout the years i even met the guy like once way back in like 2001 and he actually planes mistaken for stars were playing with another uh long lost local sort of um i guess icon at this point uh, for lack of a better way to describe it matt davis uh, mm-hmm. who we reviewed the Brazil tape mm-hmm. on a while back, a few episodes ago, but Brazil actually played on the same bill as Planes Mistaken for Stars wow. in this apartment in Cedar Rapids. Mm. And I used to love Planes Mistaken for Stars. Um, I haven't listened to him in a while, but when I saw that he passed away, I guess following esophageal cancer, you know, it kind of just inspired me to kind of go back and revisit Planes Mistaken for Stars. And uh, I'll never forget how intense their live performances were. They affected me very similarly to Matt Davis, like hmm. 10 Grand and Brazil. And they were also heavily connected, those two. Um, wow. I know that they used to play shows together a lot. So I didn't know them personally, but they are from mm-hmm. Peoria, Illinois, which isn't that far away. Right. So I wow. kind of consider them sort of a um, sort of local-ish, if mm-hmm. you will. But he was only 44 years old, man. Hmm. That's that's too bad. Three. Yeah. That's it's just way too bad. So I just yeah. want to say R.I.P. to uh, Jared, and uh, I want to thank Planes Mistaken for Stars for uh, inspiring me. So nice. And I I would encourage anybody who hasn't listened to Planes Mistaken for Stars. Uh, listen to their self-titled debut album, uh, their EP knife in the marathon and their first full length album called fuck with fire. 
all of them are just fire. <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah. Cool. Uh, I'll check it out too. Yeah. Just wanted, I just kind of wanted to say that. Nice. So next week we're going to have a special guest. Yeah. And yeah. that special guest is Dolly Speary. Oh my gosh. That From sounds Psyops. like it's, it's going to be and fantastic. Pokey records. And you all know about Pokey records. Cause we yeah. told you all about, cause we told you, we told yep. you. That's and right. I'll tell you what, if you haven't gone and listened to all three of those tapes, mm-hmm. then you should still go listen. Yep. Pokey's records on Bandcamp, but we'll mention that again next time. All right. That, that's that got to be it. You ready? It's, it's got to be, dude. I'm uh, having enchiladas for dinner tonight. Dang. I'm having kind yeah, of a bim bim bap sort of thing. Oh, bim bap. Yeah. I've, yeah. That stuff's good. Yeah. I, I, first time I ever had it was a couple of years ago and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. We make it with good tempeh. Stuff. Pretty good. That sounds good sounds really good all right so enjoy your enjoy your tempeh yeah enjoy your enchiladas i will and we will be talking to dolly do not miss it next week yeah damn it all right (laughs) i'm just sick of listening to these old ass men talking about shit having opinions on everything that happens. Oh my God. Yeah.